I got this message from my editor who was like, yeah, I think we're almost there. If you can cut, and I think it was like some ridiculous, like 500 words, 400 words from this manuscript, I'll take it to the editorial board meeting and they meet next week. Can you really rush this? You know, new motherhood where you're like, just kind of floating. (laughs) You're like, I've had like half an hour worth of sleep and like every part of me is leaking. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer in the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world and sometimes actually all the time it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother welcome to another episode of these moms right this is jackie if you haven't already sign up for my podcast facebook group this is our insider space where you can share questions and chat with the show guests and just dig into the concepts that we're talking about here a little bit more. Today I want to share a fun talk I had with my good friend Laura Farina. Laura is a Vancouver-based mom. She's also a writing teacher and an author of two traditionally published poetry collections and most recently a children's picture book. In this episode, Laura talks about how being a mom can be a source of inspiration for your writing, it can make you a better writer, and how the writing process itself can make you a happier person and mom. I'm so excited to share our conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Laura Farina. Hi, Laura. Hi, Jackie. How's it going? Good. How are you today? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm like a little bit tired, but I feel like that's just, uh, you know, that's what you sign up for, right? How old is your daughter now? Oh, it's uh, my son, actually. Oh, your son. Three. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's good. He's really funny. He's like at the age where he's like saying all these ridiculous things that I then write down and steal for my own writing. I love that. So tell me about your most recent, you know, children's book. Came out in September 2020. And uh, it's called This is the Path the Wolf Took. And it's sort of a fractured fairy tale uh, kind of thing. And it's about this desire that children have, which I just think is so wonderful to like have nothing bad happen in stories. But of course we know that if nothing bad happens in a story, it's a very boring story. So it's sort of about that um, tension. That's so cool. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. So um, this, well, the, the book actually started uh, so many years ago when I was uh, teaching in a preschool class at, at this place called Christian's Lyceum of Literature and Art, which is actually where I first met you. <laughs> and, um, so yeah. So I was teaching this preschool art class and this uh, awesome little kid drew this crazy scribble drawing and she looked up at me and she said this is the path the wolf took through the woods and I just thought it was like the most beautiful line and I as I do I like wrote it down and I was like I'm stealing that one that one's great and I sat with it for a really long time I kept trying to write a poem about it because that's sort of my my usual writing is poetry I kept trying to write a poem with this line and then and it always just kind of went sideways um, and at the same time, I was teaching a writing workshop for kids who are in grade two and three. And um, I was really noticing that when they were writing, the kids just never wanted anything bad to happen. So most of the time they would write a story where they they were the, the protagonist of the work. And then 
you know, they'd go to Candyland and eat lots of candy at the end. You know, uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite uh, version of this ever was there was this kid and he was like, one day Cole woke up and he got a letter to like acceptance to Hogwarts. And so he went to Hogwarts. There's like a big description of all the butter beer he drank or whatever. And then it was like Lord Voldemort showed up. But Cole had already read Harry Potter, so he knew exactly what was ha- would happen, and so he just fixed it at the end. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, okay. So, but mm. so I was thinking a little bit about how to talk with kids about this idea that you know, for a story to be interesting, something bad does need to happen, and as writers, we're in control of how it ends, so it can something bad can happen, and then it can end well, but something bad needs to happen, and then the two ideas kind of smush together in my head, and I feel like that's often where writing comes from, right? Like there's two ideas and then bam, they come together. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what if there's this little kid and he's telling the story, like these classic fairy tale stories that involve wolves, but every time the wolf shows up, he can't handle it. And he kind of tries to resolve it really quickly. And then we can kind of talk about these two concepts together. And so so that's the, that's the book. Um, I think that's so beautiful. So your hope or your vision with the book is, is to, encourage kids to like lean into that yeah I'm I'm really interested in talking I love talking with kids about how writing works so I'm really like so I guess my intention with the book was kind of to to be able to have that kind of conversation um and I think it's such a thing in childhood right like you do oh my god too scary I can't do it I can't do it too scary finding a way to kind of work through those feelings and and think about the way stories work so that we have that real like we know as wrote as adults we know like it's a kid's book it's going to end great like it's going to end with ice cream and, and a big party. Like there's no way that's not happening, but as kids, I think, <laughs> you know, we're learning how stories work. And so to be able to have that kind of conversation, I think was sort of my goal with the book. And um, have you read it to your own daughter? Or, my sorry. Own daughter? Yeah. yeah, I have. It's not his, yeah. <laughs> he's not a huge fan of my writing. I'll be honest with you. Like <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is we were like, uh, we went to a book, we were in a bookstore and uh he's like walking through doing his thing and he looks up at the shelves and he like turns to me and he's like sorry mom they don't have your book (laughs) it's like ow man ow (laughs) tell me about like where your inspiration comes from because i know you're also a poet um i actually think that this like the story i just told about sort of the line that kind of uh spun around in my head is uh is definitely the the main way that i get ideas is that something some line of writing will kind of come to me or I'll find it somewhere or someone will say it to me and I'll steal it. And I'll just kind of go around and around and around in my head until something kind of clicks. I think that's, yeah, that's the main thing for me. And I feel like um, one of the reasons I'm really drawn to poetry is that it's, that's sort of what poetry does, right? Like it's just, it's very image based. It's very word based and plots come to me like only if I push it. Like I'm never like, Oh, I have a really great idea for a story. It's like, no, I have a really great image. And then I'm like being like, all right, well, what's the conflict or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. In poems, there don't even need to be characters. So that's good. Have you found that being a mom has like changed your, your writing in any way? Yeah. I mean, I think that I used to be a writer who I am not an everyday writer. And I have come to the realization and the acceptance that I'm just never going to be an everyday writer. Um, I think before I had my son, I would be the kind of writer who like, you know, once a week or once every other week, I'd be like this whole day, I'm just going to write. And I'd like get up and do the like, oh, lazy cup of tea and then the writing and the go for a walk and the, you know, 
just that really like beautiful, you have all day pampered time. <laughs> and um, that is just not a thing that moms have. And so I've really, I've, I've definitely changed the, my idea of like, what, what is the ideal writing space? And I'm becoming much more able to like, be like, well, I have half an hour. So here we go. Um, which is, yeah, which is new for me, but I, I actually, it's interesting because I, I was reflecting on this. I like, um, in high school, I went to a uh, high school for the arts and I was in a, a writing class there. And so every day you had to kind of write something new and submit it to the teacher. And, and there was this huge sort of output of work. And so, um, I think as a teenager, I had this idea that you could do, you could write a poem in half an hour. Like if you were to ask me, how long will this homework take you? I'd be like, oh, half an hour. And it was only sort of as an adult that I was like, yes, these long stretches of time are what are required to, uh, to produce good work. And so I think I've sort of come back around to like 17 year old me who was like half an hour, let's do this. So I, I don't know. And do you have a system for capturing those lines that come to you? I have a phone. Um, <laughs> I just have, I just usually use the note, the note function on my phone. I, I sometimes carry one of those little, you know, those little moleskins that are adorable. I have one of those in my purse, but I don't always have my purse with me. So uh, if I'm being organized, I have a little moleskin that I write it in, but otherwise the note function on my phone and I just type it out. And, and can you take me back? Because I know from our times together that you had submitted a children's book, which I thought was amazing previously for publication and it didn't get past, I think the like selling to the marketing phase. That's where it hit a wall. So what was different with this one? Um, yeah, great question. So the story sort of goes, uh, the long story goes, uh, I was really broke and it was my dad's birthday. And I was like, well, I'll write him a, a picture book. Um, and so I did, I wrote him a picture book about the, like the picture book was really about his influence on me as a writer. So it was sort of him, him as a storyteller and the stories he used to tell me when I was growing up and sort of that whole thing. So I wrote it for him, gave it to him. He was very pleased. He didn't realize that it was mostly born out of uh, broke desperation and he was very touched. And my mom is a, was a, a primary school teacher with a, like, and she had a real focus on literacy in her, in her, uh, teaching practice. And so she was really like, Oh, this is so great. And you need to send it to a publisher. And I was a little bit like, mm, okay, then <laughs> this, is, this is like a thing I did for dad. This is not a, a thing, but she kept bothering me about it. And I was finally like, fine, I'll just submit it somewhere so I can get her off my back and be like, I submitted it. They didn't want it like whatever. Um, but when I submitted it, it was like initially picked up from the slush pile by an editor who said she was really interested in it and could I make some changes? And I was like, oh yeah, I could make some changes. And so we sort of went back and forth over, I was like, Jackie, I feel like, I don't know. In my mind, it was like two years of edits I did on this picture book. And so finally she was like, yeah, I think this is it. Like, let's take it to this editorial meeting that we have. And I think she took it once. They had some suggestions I made another set of edits. She took it again. And then they were like, no, it was funny to me how it went from being like a fine mom. Like I'll do this thing to like, my heart was really in it. And I was like, Oh, I was like devastated. I was like, Oh God, this is terrible. 
Um, but the editor who I'd been working with was a, was a, still a big fan of the work. And, and she was also a little devastated, which uh-huh. was like, uh-huh. lovely. She was like right in there with me. And she was like, yeah. if you ever have any other picture books, like, please send them my way. I'd love to read them. And um, I didn't have any other picture books uh, at the time, but, uh, but then I wrote this other one and I thought, oh, well, I'll send it to her. And uh, so I sent it her way and she was like, yeah, I like this, like this. I really, and so we worked on it together for 10 years. No, (laughs) (laughs) for a while though, picture books. One thing I didn't know when I was kind of getting into this is like picture books are, uh, I've never edited anything as thoroughly as I edited those two picture books like oh, really? down to the word and there's like a whole format of them as well which i think is so interesting like there's a real they have to be under a thousand words they have to be like there's all these, these sort of so i was learning that as i was going which was kind of fun yeah so she she sort of helped me rethink it in some ways and i, I think she made it more much better actually and more um I don't know. Do, do I say commercially viable on this podcast? Like, yeah, of course. Things? Okay, perfect. So she made it more, like, I think just spoke more to children and, and was more, more kind of, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. I learned interesting things along the way. Like you can't say Velcro in a book and, uh, yeah, is it trademarked? yeah like heavily trademarked. Oh, I know it's so funny. Huh? Like you just, in the process of doing these things, all these little bits of knowledge that you're like, oh, no, no, post What What other word can you use for Velcro, though? Well, you're supposed to say, like, something something fastener. But I was like, no one says that. So I, like, had to, like, write all the way around it. Oh, my like, God. I know. Velcro. <laughs> uh, can we say Velcro? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Should we just... <laughs> Apple podcast is going to take this down. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so that was sort of the process, and and this time around it went much much more smoothly once it got to that editorial phase. Um, I know you were looking for a like messy mom story, and I have one that's sort of related to this moment, which is that so I think so I had been like the whole process of publication, right? Is like hurry up and wait, like you work really hard and then you don't hear for months at a time and then you work really hard and you don't hear for months at a time and in that period where you don't hear you're really in the headspace of like oh this isn't gonna happen okay cool no problem like moving on to something else and so we were I was in that period of like oh this isn't happening whatever moving on to something else uh thing when my son was born and um and then I think it was like three weeks after he was born I got this message from my editor who was like yeah I think we're almost there if you can cut I think it was like some ridiculous, like 500 words, 400 words from this manuscript. I'll take it to the editorial board meeting and they meet next week. Can you really rush this? You know, new motherhood where you're like, just kind of floating. You're like, I've had like half an hour worth of sleep and like every part of me is leaking. And like, but like, I was like, yep, I can do it. I didn't even mention, because I don't know why. Cause she's super, my like editor's super nice and has children, but I was like, not going to mention that I've just given birth. I'm just going to cut the 500 words. And my mom was like here helping me out. So she's like, take, I'll take the baby. You cut the words. And I'm like sitting on my bed, like bleary eyed thinking like, yeah, okay. And like, I honestly don't remember like what I cut or why I just got it, got it down. And I was like, great, send. And I feel like 
I feel like this is the the like really interesting thing about what motherhood does to your writing is I think it just makes everything like I think if I hadn't been in that situation and I'd been asked to cut the 500 words, I would have gotten into a big, like before I had a kid, I would have gotten into a big tizzy about like my integrity versus this like <laughs> external marketing pressure. And like, why can't we have longer picture books for children? Like, why do we consistently dumb down things for kids? Like I'd get all like up in my own head and I'd like I'd agonize over it and be an asshole to like everyone I know like I would kind of have done that the whole process but because you know like my mom was in the other room with the baby who like in an hour and a half was going to need to eat and like uh, I was like let's just get it done let's just do it and so I feel like I feel like that sometimes can be a real blessing right of having the kids is that you're you're not you can't you just don't have the time to be like I'm just gonna freak out and like be all you know moody about this I'm just like I think there's a much more of a like well we have the time right now so we will get it done yeah yeah only one person can have a tantrum in this household at the same time right right and like the three-week-old gets dibs I feel <laughs> I agree yeah wow though that's huge because you said that I mean, a thousand words is the max. So did that mean you were cutting like 50% like, of your money? Yeah, I feel like it was. I'm not sure. Maybe it was only 200 words. I'm not sure. I could go back through my email. I'm sure I have the record of it. But like, yeah, yeah a good chunk. Like I was definitely, you know what? It was like definitely using all those years of poetry to be like, okay, let's condense. Like, let's just, what is essential here? Yeah, it was wild. But I also don't remember any of it. So <laughs> like a good night out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it felt like. It was like, well, I think we had fun there. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. And you didn't need to put on any pants, which is... No, which is different. great. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> even better. <laughs> Tell me about, you know, what you're working on now. Uh, I'm writing, almost finished, I think, a book of poetry that is about... It's about mysteries, I guess. So when my son was born, I just went through a year where I just read, like, mystery novels <laughs> just like voraciously read mystery novels and um uh, and I was really struck in that time by sort of the difference between these like very formulaic mystery novels and the actual mystery of like this kid who I didn't know who then like was living in our house like he was <laughs> a small person and like getting to know him and like kind of like all of that early kid stuff is so mysterious. You're like, who are you going to become? What What is motivating this crying that you're doing right now? Like just kind of peering into this like unknown blob of humanity. Uh, and so I was really struck by the difference between those two things. And I started sort of writing um, a little bit about that and about mysteries in their many forms. And uh, yeah, so I'm working on that. I think it's kind of almost done, but I'm not sure. Uh, you know, that part of editing where things like you're just kind of making things worse. Like every time you're like, hmm, what's this? I spent some time on this, but did I make anything about it better? That's exciting. And so you've published two poetry books before. Two poetry books, yeah. So do you, like, how do you see this one compared oh, this to this? wildly better, so much better than the other one. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I have, I feel like, I feel like even if I never published a poem ever, I would still write poetry. Um, 
And so I feel like I'm not so great at engaging in the like, when this is done, what will happen with it thing? I'm much more like, I'm just going to work away at this and see what happens. So I have no big dreams is what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe deep down there. And how did your, um, like that, your first book of poetry, how did that come about? And can you tell us about like that publishing journey? Sure. Um, I was, uh, it was in my, I was in my twenties and I was working at a summer camp teaching writing. And I was the assistant to this incredible woman named Beth Follett, who is, who was until this year she retired the publisher of uh, peddler press which is one of uh, canada's most innovative and incredible um publishers and i was working for her helping her with these writing courses and we worked together for a couple of summers and she had this approach which i think is so beautiful where she was like i don't want us to seem like the instructors and the kids are the the students i want us to all be writers who are writing together so she really encouraged like she would share her work and she encouraged me to share my work and we were all kind of sharing her work and maybe after two or three summers working together at the end of the summer she was like um do you have a manuscript and i did not but i said yes and she said send it my way i'd love to read it and i was like oh god and so then i (laughs) frantically tried to put together this poetry manuscript and I send it her way and she published it, which was unbelievable. So that was the first book. So I don't know what the moral of that is. I think it's just get involved yeah, in stuff. Stuff leads to other stuff. And then the second. Yeah. The second I was working actually with, uh, I had hired uh, the poet Stuart Ross to be my writing coach. Oh. Uh, Cause I love his poetry. I wanted to learn from him. So uh, I would send him poems and then we'd get together and, on the phone and talk about them again he just said to me like when we were working through these poems he's like where, where is he where are these poems going and i was like i don't know he's like he had a poetry imprint at this press called mansfield press and he's like well if you want to send them to me and i was like okay i will do that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's how those two books came about kind of in a very organic just working way through yeah well i like what you said like get involved I think it's actually like the complete opposite of what most writers think of the querying process, right? Where you're like, you're sending this document to someone else and they will open it and you will be far away from them. Whereas, you know, you will maybe never even interact, whereas you were involved with these. And I think, people. I mean, I think that that's another thing that we don't always think about when we're thinking about these processes is like so many of the writers we love and admire are out in the world doing things that we can be involved in, right? Like so many writers offer manuscript consultation services or coaching services, or they teach. And so if there's a writer that we love, we can just stock them and learn from them. Um, it's not, it, there's not this, uh, there, I mean, there's huge gatekeeping happening in the like publishing agent world, right? There's a huge, like, you got to get past this hurdle, but to, to work with a writer that you admire is usually just an email that you have mm. been like, Hey, I'd like to email in a little bit of money. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Was there a time when you couldn't write? Like, cause you were so involved in, in mumming? Yeah, definitely times I haven't written. Um, and I feel like it's the same. I have this, we were talking at the top of this about like sort of half an hour and I, uh, as a, as a chunk of time. And I feel <laughs> like, I feel like there's sort of a, 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 you can kind of get into writing shape. Like you can get into like 
other things shape. And if you're in writing shape, then half an hour for a poem is plenty of time. And if you're not, then you're like, oh my God, I can't do it. Like it's too much. Ah. And you waste a lot of, like, you're just not on top of things. So you're like, whoa, everything's a mess. <laughs> um, and I feel like, I feel like if I can stay sort of in enough writing shape that half an hour seems like a productive amount of time, then I'm, I'm good. It's okay. I don't, I don't need to freak out. And I think if I get too far away from that and then the half of wow fun <laughs> out here on the street right now um if i get into the like if i if i'm too far away from that half like being able to do something productive with that half hour of time then i need to kind of readjust and be like okay let's figure out how we're going to put a little bit more time into this yeah. right that's yeah I, I like that so you're saying that it's not about long stretches but maybe a regular practice and regular they can be those small increments yeah. And it can be regular practice. If like, if you're not trying to finish your, you know, if you're not trying to finish your novel this year, it can be regular practices, regular practice three times a week. It can be mm -hmm. like regular practice once a week. It can be like every week, every other week I meet up with some friends and we share work. So every other week I have to have something good enough to share with people. It can be like, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of envision it for yourself. You just need to make sure that you're get into your desk regularly enough that you're in good enough writing shape that you're making the most of that time. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be different for, for different people. Yeah. Um, what, what writing advice would you give to yourself? Maybe um, after you got that first rejection from the, um, when I was, well, no, what was the title of that one? I forgot. Oh, the bubble, the bubblegum tree story. I didn't even go into the whole naked bum part of that. Oh, we didn't even touch on it. What? There was a naked bomb in it. There was like a dad bomb in the story that was like causing some like, oh, are we really going to show the dad bomb? And like. Oh, really? Was it just when he was diving underneath? Yeah, he was diving down to get a bubblegum. The, the yeah. story kind of go it was about like he would, there's a bubblegum tree that dad would, could find and get the gum from the tree. And the kids started to question whether maybe he just put bubblegum in the pocket of his swim trunks. And so then he goes in naked to like prove that there is a bubblegum tree, which is a big climactic moment of the whole story. But the dad is naked. And, and I didn't realize, you know, all those things you learn along the way. There aren't really a lot of stories with naked, naked grownups in them, <laughs> which is surprising because everyone who's ever been a mom knows you're like, you're naked more than you want to be when you're like, you're like, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I only got half of my clothes on before I had to like rush off to see what that noise was. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's so um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, writing advice. We were talking. Yeah. About so for yourself, because, you know, that. Um, like, I feel like the general writing advice that I would give my younger self would be like, it's writing, uh, writing is always going to be there for you. It, you're good. Like it doesn't, <laughs> I think that as we like, we freak out, right? Like when we haven't written for a while, especially I think sort of in that early, those early days of motherhood, when so much of our identities are like, they're shifting a little, right? Like we're like, Oh man, who am I? Who is this person? Who's like so obsessed with like diapers? Like this is not me. Um, you know, and I feel like, I feel like there's some, some worries sometimes along the journey that you're like, it's just going to, you're not going to be that person anymore. You're not going to write anymore. Um, but I think if it's important to you, you're going to figure out how to do it. 
And if it's, especially if it's, and if, it, if it's in a sort of an essential part of who you are, you're going to figure it out. You figure it out. Well, you can, yeah, you're going to figure it out. That's cool. Did I ask, did I answer all your questions? I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, you did. You answered all the questions. Okay. I talked, I talked for so long. <laughs> Thanks so much to Laura for sharing her stories, her advice, and her experiences. I know I enjoyed that conversation so much, and I hope you did too. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, stay in writing shape. Whatever your practice, just stay consistent so that you can make the most out of the time when you have it. Number two, reach out to your favorite author and see if they provide feedback or other opportunities to work with them. Number three, if you are writing picture books, prepare to edit, edit, edit. Number four, take notes, collect quotes from life that will fuel your writing. And number five, do not sweat it. If you don't have time for writing right now, that's okay. Writing will be there for you when you do. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know you're super busy, so it means so much. As I mentioned at the beginning, we have a Facebook group you can join to talk with other moms who write and some of the show guests. Also, I created a freebie resource to help you find more time to write that I'm really excited about. And you can get a link to that in the show notes. And lastly, make sure you follow and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast so that you don't miss out on a future episode. In the meantime, if you put into practice any of the ideas shared on the show, please tag me on Instagram and I will repost that. I love you guys and until next week, happy writing.